following episode is dedicated to the loving memory of the We're Watching Movies for Win collaboration episode. On International Women's Day, three strong, empowered women and one strong, empowered, sensitive boy gathered in the absence of Greg Work, the Leg Work Johnson, to try something no one had ever tried before, to dismantle the patriarchy using only a discussion of Shrek. To this day, some say it would have worked, for Shrek was strong enough. Fiona was strong enough. Donkey was strong enough. Abby and Alexia were certainly strong enough. Denny and Vanessa were strong enough. But the sheer frequency of their feminism disrupted the vibrational resonance of the audacity recorded track. And so we gather together in the spirit of women, in the spirit of Shrek, Valley Girl, the road to El Dorado, and other DreamWorks animated classics to say that the patriarchy will fall. Not today, but that would be nice if it fell sooner. Until we talk about Shrek again, enjoy a facsimile of equality. <laughs> Welcome, everyone! Bow, 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 bow. To the surprise episode! Hello! Of Movies for When. When? Oh, I think you know when. I do. Right here, right now, in the Lord's Year 2022. We ain't got no legwork. We ain't got no We're Watching podcast. But you know what we do got? Denny the Talent Taylor and... Vanessa, the producer slash savior of the show. And we did just like Chris Jericho told us all those months ago on commentary... We sent Hook! Yeah! <laughs> yeah! Break glass in case of emergency. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's, very, it's very convoluted glass. It, it takes a little while to shatter. Vanessa just got a new title. She's not only the producer and savior of the show, but she is our exclusive Foley artist. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I really didn't know that your intro was going to go quite so long. I would have kept the background music going. I just thought we were reaching a climax, and then you continued with the talking. So. I, I always continue after a climax. I knew you were going to fucking go there. <laughs> anyway. Don't act like you don't like it. <laughs> Ladies first, in honor of feminism. <laughs> Greg, cut that out. Uh, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Um, let's let's give lightning round thoughts. Basically, for those who uh, don't follow our immensely popular social media on Facebook and Instagram, and if Greg still fucks with it, Twitter too. I told him I wasn't doing it anymore several weeks ago, and literally never checked it since. Greg does the tweets. What can we say? A couple. Love him. A couple. By the way, Greg got married today. Literally married today. On the day of our recording. On the day of this recording. Oh, man. He's a married man. He's a married man. And he married up. Oh, boy, did he. Boy, did he. <laughs> Leah's a married woman. Yeah. Greg's a married man. And we're going to go to Greg's parents' house on Saturday to celebrate with them. We are. Yeah. At least I think it is. It just says it's in Midlothian. Is there anything in Midlothian other than Greg's parents' house? Not worth celebrating. Well, I don't know. One time, friend of the show, Will Reno's dad became mayor. That's kind of a celebration. I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. I don't know. I, I forget that Midlothian is a town. Um, so, you know, the only thing that I know that's there is Greg's parents' house. Yeah, I've only ever gone there to go to Greg's parents' house. Same. And it's a blast. Greg's yeah. parents rule. They are great, quiet people who we love. Yep, they're, they're sensitive and kind humans, and uh, they put up with my loud, boisterous ass, which I'm sure... For a whole family of introverts is kind of the culture shock when <laughs> when the Taylors show up. Um, Absolutely. But we, we all do our best. Um, we do. So for those of you who don't follow our immensely popular social media, um, we had our recording for our episode that we promised to deliver this week. Yeah. We have Alexia's recording for bonus, uh, bonus Patreon content, if Patreon ever exists. Yeah. Um, but sadly... Um, there was a technology error in Abby Howe's um, recording, and we don't have her audio. So we basically have two-thirds of a podcast in the can. Yeah. Um, I and said, the man stole it. The man stole it. Um, the man who runs Audacity. Audacity is male, by the way. That, and, that and checks out just it, in, in every yeah. level. That I've, men have Audacity. Men do have Audacity. In spades. <laughs> you know, I've, I've heard this software say some kind of sexist jokes and you could tell that it wasn't really a joke yeah it's like that, you like, could tell wink, wink nudge nudge we're we're talking around it but we actually think women are trash yep yeah. <laughs> so we, we we don't have abby's audio um before anyone jumps to conclusions abby is the editor of her own podcast she edits uh she edits we're watching with her and alexia um, I don't really believe it was operator error. You yeah, know, I, I, yeah. I, I think that something shitty probably happened with the technology. I think so too. Um, you know what? Um, to paraphrase Davy Jones, all the better for next time we make a collaboration episode. <laughs> that, well, Thank you for clarifying that was Davy Jones. I don't know that any of us would have realized. Okay. I've got a pretty good Davy Jones. Hold on. Hold on. Let me find it. You got it. Take your time. Do you fear death? <laughs> How was that? Oh my gosh, it's the little, it's the yeah. octopus pops. I got a me. pretty decent one, right? Yeah, yeah it's good. It's not the best, but I, I try. I've been yeah, working yeah. on it since high school. Yep. Bitch, fucking, let's hear your Davy Jones if oh, you're so, I, I don't have so damn Jones. good at Davy no, Jones I impressions. I just think it's really cute that you've been doing it since high school. Oh. And those are things that I really love. Aw, thanks, baby. I think baby. it's cute. I think you were making fun of me a little. No, no, oh, really? I wasn't. No. Oh, thanks, baby. No, I thought it was really cute. Thanks, baby bear. I, I, I actually pitched Pirates of the Caribbean 2 for this episode. Yeah, we, um, we almost went with it. 
But yeah, we, we went with the mentality, if you can't deliver what you advertised, you should deliver something better. So we brought in a really heavy hitter today. We're going to do Hook. Um, you, since it's a one-movie episode, you want to do lightning lightning round thoughts on uh, Valley Girl, The Road to El Dorado, and, uh, and Shrek? Yeah, Valley Girl. Totally tubular, a lot of stuff, not a lot of substance. Uh-huh. Tons of slang. It seems like it might go in a feminist lilt, but then it absolutely does not. It takes a nosedive into misogyny. Yep. Um, I, I kind of disagree on Valley Girl. I You thought it was totally tubular, and I thought it was more perpendicular. Uh, I mean, that is true. You know, like, it, it, like it's, you know, I, I feel exactly the same. Um, I think it's a really fun movie. It's really more of a music video than a movie. It's just rapid fire rose tinted 80s nostalgia blur and that's like literally all there is to it i i think my my favorite quote from it really just sums it up well fuck you for sure like totally bada boom all right what about road to el dorado what you got for us there vanessa Mm, el dorado the magnificent and golden it's it's a little bit (laughs) (laughs) it's part of the song Um, oh oh. I think the banter between Miguel and Tulio is wonderful. Um, it's something that we've seen a ton. What we were talking about a couple nights ago is essentially like if you've seen a Marvel movie, it really doesn't hold up now at this point because it's so quippy that it just reminds me of that. Um, but at the beginning, like at, at the time that it was made, it was quippy and fun. You you can tell that the voice actors really were having a good time with this. You know, Kenneth Branagh and Kevin Klein seem to really mesh well together and their chemistry really shows up in the film in the, in the movie um there's some plot points that i just think don't really add up it seems like there was some things that were a lot for like again it's kind of not as much bang for your buck um but it is something that i watched a lot little known fact i grew up in thailand we had something called vcds because we didn't have dvds for a while it was like the interim between videos like vhs's and dvds um apparently they didn't really come to america but it was all the rage in the early 2000s in southeast asia and um that was one of the movies that we had on vcd and it's just like two or more discs that operate like a vhs you stick it in the you know machine and press play and you have no control over what happens except it just plays there's no real rewinding there are no chapters you just stick it in halfway through or so it cuts off and you stick in the next disc. It's it's not that, you know, not that great, but it's what we had. So and we had El Dorado. And so <laughs> I've watched it quite a bit. Um, there's a big nostalgia factor for me, not so much for you, um, but I, I, I like it. But I do see its flaws. Yeah, I, I don't really like the road to El Dorado. Um, I see its pros, you know, like mm-hmm. I. uh I think it really is like kind of the peak of uh, of hybrid 2D and 3D animation. Like there were some really, really beautiful sequences in it, and some yeah. like truly amazing looking things. Um, I don't think it had a lot of heart. Um, I I think it was a lot more sizzle than steak. Um, I basically felt like the aesthetic ripped off Tarzan and uh, the music ripped off The Lion King. Poorly, mind you. I think that's pretty accurate. Um, but I do appreciate that Chell was a pecker checker. Um, I, I, I respect 
I respect the noble, thankless work of pecker checkers of the world, and the Gotta character look. Shell is a well-documented pecker checker, yeah. so I, I like that. She's a looking and she's a liking. Boy, is she. Mm -hmm. um, what about Shrek? Uh, Shrek, last night we decided that it was um, the best. It's it's wonderful. Uh, my favorite part is just it. it's quippy, but in a better way, I would say. like It's quippy like El Dorado, but mm -hmm. it really holds up. Um, some of the sequences within it, like that opening montage, is just so good set to the Smash Mouth song. Um, there's just a very big nostalgia factor for me. Of I get such a happy feeling when we watch that. We had a good time when we watched it together. Um, it's it's a you know different take on a fairy tale. Um, it has some things to say about like body positivity and things like that. Of like accepting yourself for who you are rather than maybe who you want to be or who you think you should be. Um, and I think that that's pretty cool for kids. Uh, it came out when we were, what, just about to get into middle school. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was kind of an awkward time in life for the majority of people our age. So I think that that kind of had something to say, something about that. It's yeah. also not really rooted well. Like, looking back on it, there are some jokes that are a little bit cringy. Uh, they just don't hold up as well. Um, they're a bit, you know, off-couth of what we would say is kind of, I don't know, acceptable to joke about and things like that now. Mm -hmm. um, but most everything, I think, is pretty good and fun, and it's a fun series. Yeah, no, absolutely. I dig Shrek. Um, I, I, again, it's it's not one of my, like, movies that lives in my heart, you know, sure. but I, I really like it. I think it's a pretty smart movie. I think it's a cool, subversive movie, especially because it was, like, well before that medium was was really into being subversive and mm -hmm. self-aware and critical of its own genre um you know nowadays we've got uh disney constantly apologizing for itself with its yeah. with its movies um that wasn't really happening at the time you know no it wasn't popular in in pop culture discourse to uh to really be like hey what uh what 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 is what is this constant princess myth um, telling women to think about themselves, you know, like how is that educating women on how to view themselves? And, um, you know, that it, it's, it was cool. I like that movie a lot. I, I, I'm not over the moon in love with it either. I like it a hell of a lot more than Road to El Dorado. And I think it's pretty neat. Yeah. Shrek is cool. Shrek oh, is love. Oh, we also talked about like Shrek, Shrek is love. Shrek, Shrek is, is life. life. Yeah. Um, but we also talked about how great the CGI is too. Yeah, like, it looks really good. It holds up so, so well and was like cutting edge for the time. Yep. Like literally cutting edge. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can definitely tell. It was a bunch of people who left Disney because they were disgruntled and they Shrek was just kind of a big fuck you to Disney at yeah. the time. And they did it well, yep. you know, if Which you're going to do. Yeah, it's great. No, F Fiona looks, uh, she looks better than any Pixar human. Yep. Like Absolutely. Fiona in Shrek 1 in human form mm -hmm. looks, so does Farquaad. You know, like yeah. looks way better than any human in any Pixar movie ever. Mm -hmm. Like just fantastic animation. Yeah. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. Nope. That's our lost episode. That might yep. be the most you ever get. Um, let's talk about Hook. Hook, yeah. show us the hook. Hook, hook, 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 show us the hook. Vanessa, where did we watch Hook? Uh, in our living room. Um, on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's streaming on Netflix until the end of March, it yeah. told us. So as yeah. soon as we finish the movie, it's the last time you can watch this on Netflix. 
is March 31st, so get it while it is free. Yup. Um, well, it's free if your mom pays for Netflix. Yeah, I was going to say, it's free, but also who doesn't have Netflix or who isn't hoeing someone's Netflix? Yeah. It's 2022. Well, one in every five people owns a Netflix account, but everybody has access to a Netflix account. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, Vanessa, do you want to synopsize the movie? Uh, yeah, I can. Um, so... Hook is, uh, it opens on, it, it's essentially the story of, um, I mean, big spoiler alert. If you haven't watched Hook, please stop, stop listening and go watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be upset with you personally, um, if you don't. So not, not really even upset, just disappointed. So that, that's your warning. Yeah, you really should see Hook. Yeah. Um, anyway, so thank you for stopping and watching it. Uh, welcome back. You have now gained my approval. I hope that that means a lot to you. Um, and so uh, the story of Hook is about uh, Peter Pan who has grown up and has forgotten who he is. He's forgotten that he's Peter Pan. He works at a, I don't know, a big business something. What does he do? Acquisitions. Mergers and, and acquisitions. Mergers but he's, and acquisitions. he's a lawyer. He's a, yeah, he's a very he's a high-powered lawyer. lawyer oh, that... he's like a, a land grab lawyer. Yeah. He's like trying to kill tiny little owls or something like that. That's his like big business deal that he's trying to yeah, get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he's, uh, he's going with his family back to England um, to visit Granny Wendy, who is the Wendy from the Peter Pan stories. Um, and they're going to go honor her because of her work with orphans um, and such and such things. So he's going to speak there. Uh, turns out Hook comes back and he steals uh, Peter Pan's children to try to get him to start a war again because Hook is obsessed with Peter Pan mm-hmm. and all things Peter Pan. So uh, he takes them back to Neverland and then um, Tink comes and gets Peter, uh, wraps him up in a parachute that his daughter made him. And then takes him to Neverland, where he tries to save his children. He can't because he's afraid of heights, and he does not like flying. And um, so then Tink convinces Captain Hook to let her take Peter Pan to the Lost Boys and train him and make him remember who he is so that they can have the War of the Century in three days. So they do so. There's a whole training montage. Lots of things ensue. Um... Peter remembers who he is with the help of all of the Lost Boys after they're done raising him. Um, and, yeah, then he, he goes back. He fights Hook. It's a whole battle. It's great. Great sets. Wonderful things. Uh, he saves his children. Um, and then they go home. And everything is wonderful. Yup. Great flick. Um, let's see. Relationships with the movie. You want to go first? Uh, yeah, I, this was one of the movies that I, I honestly don't remember when I first saw it. When did it come out? 92? I want to say 94. Let me check. Yeah, Let it's, check. it's definitely know. early 90s. Um, anyway, all, all I know is that it, it's one of those movies that we either owned it or we rented it so often. Cause 91. It, not, so yeah, okay, I thought 91. it was, yeah, like early, early 90s. 91. Um, but it, it's one of those that it... I grew up watching it and no, you know what? Cause I'm remembering now, um, we didn't, we didn't actually rent it. I don't think I'd ever seen the entirety of it. Cause I, my grandma, we didn't have TV growing up. Um, or we just had like basic channels, but my grandma had like satellite or whatever else you would have. Um, and so she videoed it for us and then sent us the VHS, 
Um, this is prior to moving to Thailand, or this is not El Dorado, but, um, yeah, she, she taped it, but we didn't get the ending. And so I never knew what happened. Um, when he went back to England, uh, it just ended when the crock fell. I did not fell. know this. Yeah, I, I did not know this. Yeah. I mean, like, I think I, fi- I when I became an adult, like, I actually watched it, but it was, like, well into my years. I assumed other things happened, mm-hmm. as it very clearly cut off. Um, but I had not seen the entirety of it until I was, you know, high school or older. But we watched it all the time. It was one of my favorite movies to rewatch. Um, so, yeah, uh, probably 15 minutes less or maybe even 10, 10 minutes less to the end of the movie than my grandma, sweet, sweet Mary Lou, uh, did not finish recording it. So, Sorry, Mary Lou. You failed us with your hook VHS recording. That is, she she excelled in so many different ways that we can give her a pass because she was a wonderful grandma and a wonderful human being. I mean, w- would she be a grandma if she knew how to work the VCR? Exactly. Isn't that exactly. like? It's isn't that a pre- like the prerequisite of grandma is that you are really, really trying to like help your grandkids have access to the things they like, but yeah. you also have no idea what you're doing. That's she would send <laughs> that's us a VHSs of just hours of disney shows like commercials and everything mm, God, like that sounds beautiful like disney cartoons like aladdin cartoon do you I remember would, when aladdin oh, was yeah. an actual tv show i remember it i remember we had just like episodes of that just on on a v wow, random vhs's that's a cool grandma move. she was the best that's a really cool yeah. grandma move um i actually didn't like this movie when i was a kid um when i was a kid i was like cartoons pro wrestling or nothing like i just like live action movies live action tv shows could not hold my attention except for like a few things like mortal Kombat or something like that but like basically if it was live action my brain would be like this is for adults don't pay attention to it it's not for you um and so but i i did always love the peter pan myth the peter pan stories um this may shock some of you as I sit here in a room filled with collectible toys that remind me of my childhood, um, but I actually had a lot of trouble coming to terms with growing up. Um, and through, uh, through most popular Peter Pan adaptations, I found that I had a fundamental misunderstanding of the Peter Pan story, um, which is like, you know, in the Disney one and in so many of them, it's about like the wonders of childhood and why you shouldn't grow up. Um, and then I read the book, the original book by J.M. Barry, and I found that it is not a story about why you shouldn't grow up. It's a story about how Wendy copes with growing up. Um, she's initially enamored by Peter Pan's superficial charm on her last night in the nursery. You know, like, basically her last big fantasy adventure. Mm -hmm. Um, But as she spends more time in Neverland with him, she learns that, yeah, he embodies all the good things about being a kid, but he also embodies all the bad things about being a kid. Um, He cannot tell the difference between fantasy and reality. Like, he he doesn't know what... Like, make-believe is real to him. He, like, has no, no grasp on that. Um, he doesn't care about anyone other than himself. Mm. Um, and he is like functionally incapable of like truly loving another person. And that's, that's kind of when Wendy decides she wants to grow up is she realizes that 
she loves Peter and he is just never going to love her back because he literally can't. And then that's when she's like, all right, I think it's time to go. Mm -hmm. It's time to leave Neverland. Um, and that hit me really hard, and that's when I really came to appreciate the movie Hook. It's it's one of my favorite movies, like, ever. Yeah. Ever, ever, ever. One of my favorite movies ever made. Um, one of the few movies that has, like, truly powerfully impacted me and, uh, I think, really given me some tools for, um, some tools for living, some tools for navigating life, uh, a template to consult, if you will, when I'm faced with challenges. Um, and you know, like I, 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 I love it for that. And I love it because like, weirdly enough, despite doing like the most sacrilegious thing you could do to the Peter Pan myth, which is write a sequel. No one asked for about how Peter Pan grew up, like yeah. who the fuck ever wanted to see that, you know, like, um, and it is the most true to the original book adaptation there is. Yeah. I think it like it makes tons of nods to the original text mm-hmm. and I think understands the spirit of the work more than any other adaptation of Peter Pan I've ever seen in my life. I think so too. Yeah. Um so where do we start with it? Where do we start with this? Um let's... You said you've got some notes. Oh, notes I do. in the chamber. What you got I for do us? have some notes. Sorry, let me pull them up real quick. Um let me see. Okay. Um, one, I think uh, these are just some like notes on the like different thing. One, uh, uh, yeah, we talked about this as we were watching it. Like, what is that weird scene where they do the cell phone draw as if that was something that adults do right before Peter's about to get on the elevator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and his buddy, like, he looks at his cell phone. His buddy pushes his like jacket out of the way. As if they're having a duel with guns, but it's their cell phones. They don't call anyone. They just pull their cell phones out and they go, ah, and then everyone laughs. They're doing, they're doing like a, a Western shootout of who can get their cell phone out the fastest. I know, but they're not calling. They're, they're, they're doing a bit for the office. It's a stupid bit and I hated it. It, wow, <laughs> Jesus. And I thought I was... I just pulled a punch of saying, I think you're weirdly preoccupied with it, but I found out we're not pulling any punches. Um, like it's it, well, like what was funny to me when we watched it is I was like, cause Vanessa commented on it when we were rewatching the movie right before this. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, I was like, yeah, what's so weird is they, they put that whole bit in the movie just to demonstrate that cell phones are part of Peter's life. <laughs> yeah. Because cell phones were only for, for people who, like, wanted to be available for business calls at all times yeah. in 1991. Yeah. Um, they, like, had to... Because, like, the cell phone became such an important part of the movie. You know, mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, Moira throws it out the window. Yeah. He, he gets it back when he comes back, and he throws it out the window again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like literally to explain to the audience why he has a cell phone. Yeah. Like yeah. it's so wild that they needed to do that, right. you know, like, yeah. cause some people might not have known what it was when they looked at it, you know? I guess like, that's true. Yeah. I guess that is true. Um, also they made, uh, Dame Maggie Smith look like the Titanic grandma. Yeah. She looks a lot like, like her. almost identical. Yeah. It's also weird how like, how like you, you, like, they made Maggie Smith look so much older than she was. Yeah, she was, like, 
50 or 60 and yeah. they made her look like a 90 something year old woman and she like she had this very believable frailness you know yeah. like very very she's, much she's a great actress yeah she, she's a wonderful actor yeah that, that's why she got damed I, I don't know it's not knighted but it's knighted for ladies uh, uh ladies night <laughs> She got a ladies' night with the queen. <laughs> and she drank for free. All the tea she could want. Um, no, with that was... It was something that was occurring to me on this watch of, like, how much Maggie Smith's talent made some things that might have been stupid work. Yeah. Um, like, just, like, her, like, saying things to Peter, like, you know, never, never land. Yes, of course. Like, uh-huh. just how she was able to deliver all of her lines with such conviction and such like a faraway reverie, you know, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I always watched this movie and I was like, it just doesn't work with anyone other than Robin Williams as Peter Pan. Cause anyone else in that role would have been really fucking creepy. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then this, this watch, I was like, it also really doesn't work without Maggie Smith as Wendy. 100%. Like, it well, really like, wouldn't. She brings and and I feel like we, we talk about this sometimes with like, you can make your world crazy, but your characters need to be grounded. Ooh, yeah. And and Maggie Smith is our most grounded character while mm-hmm. also like being the person who gives us some expositional dialogue and yeah. things like that. But like her earnestness was something that struck me mm-hmm. throughout the thing of like, yeah, she's like, I've been meaning to tell you this. Um, you know, they they went to Neverland. And he's like, What? She's like, Yeah, never Neverland. Yeah. Um and then it's just like, I've been meaning to tell you, I, and clearly, and she does it so well without it being creepy, that it's like, even from her very first, like, uh, her entrance scene, when she shadowed in the staircase, mm-hmm. they walk into the house, and she just says, hello, boy. Oh. And that's it. It's just oh. so good. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, like, she's the one that convinces the audience to suspend their disbelief. Yes. Like Mm -hmm. you go into it knowing you're going to see a Peter Pan movie, you know, like, you know, you're going to go to Neverland and all that stuff. But I think her performance is what convinces us to take it seriously. You know, like she adds some like real feelings, some real like grief and loss to Mm -hmm. this idea of like lost childhood, lost fantasy, lost, lost magic, you Mm -hmm. know, like, Mm -hmm. um, and and she is the first person, actually the only person who can really check Peter, because yeah. like they, I've always been impressed at their at their fir- how they handle the character Peter Banning in the first act because they like legitimately let us see him be abusive to his kids. Yeah. Like he is like very much like seems like he's going to be the antagonist of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. And, 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 and they balance it really well because they, they, they show us the good in him that he just, that he just can't maintain, like the, the bad keeps coming out, but uh-huh. it's so cool when you see this like chairman of the board ass lawyer, mm-hmm. um, who doesn't, doesn't, uh, doesn't treat his kids well, doesn't treat his wife well, mm-hmm. um, uh, always maintains this like superficial charm, like is, you know, always friendly to people at a surface level. But yeah. like when it really comes down to it, dude's an absolute asshole and a piece of shit. Yeah. And then you just see him like stand down for Wendy, yeah. you know, like, yeah. like just like every time she like puts him in check, he like, he doesn't want to disappoint her. He mm-hmm. doesn't want to cross her. 
you see that this man who like respects like no one has this immense reverence for Wendy, you know, yeah. like, and it yeah. really sets up the tone of the flick. Absolutely. Well, and I, I noticed this time and I feel like it's something that we haven't talked about. We, we've watched this movie together many times and it might not surprise so you, many. but we have discussions similar to this, not in a formal sense, but in an informal sense, pretty much after every movie that we watch, we yeah. kind of have a debriefing time afterwards. Yeah. Um, because it's the kind of people that we are. Post-screening discussions. We have no chill. So no, never. Um, never, ever, ever. Never lands. Um, but I, I noticed this time that he, it, it's like that beginning scene with them before they put the kids to bed and everything, it almost mirrors uh, like the the Disney version like, Peter's even dressed like Mr. Darling. Oh, absolutely. Like, like the exact same outfit. He has that outburst. They're going to this, you know, like, they're, they're going to a fancy to-do. And then, like, the mom takes them into the nursery. You know, Wendy sits down with it. It's like Wendy's experiencing him as her father. Mm -hmm. And so she know like, it's like that scene that, I, I don't know, I just feel like the the parallels of it are so good yeah. that then that's when she, you know, like she sees him and she said, Peter, you've become a pirate. Oh. Uh, and it's just so good. Like in those moments to see, like she's seeing it as an adult. She knows that he doesn't truly remember, yeah. but she's also experiencing it like as herself, as Wendy of what it was like to be herself as a child in that same nursery him being her father mm -hmm. and that like persona of like he truly has grown up in a way that has changed him for the worse yeah well it's always one of my biggest takeaways from this movie is i'm like the point is not to never grow up the point is to grow up into an adult that your inner child would be proud of yes and every time she delivers that so it is true peter you've become a pirate line i just feel myself like basically get sobered you know yeah. like and be like Man, I hope that no one who knew me growing up would ever say something like that about mm. me. And I don't think they would. I don't think But that it's they just would. always a good reminder to like remember who you are, remember what's important. Yeah. Cuz people forget. Mm -hmm. You know, like good people get caught up and they they forget what matters and it's Absolutely. just it's such a reminder to me to like dude, stay focused on what's truly important every mm -hmm. time she says that line. Holy yeah. shit, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Woo. Um, I had another note, um, throughout this movie and, and I don't know that I've realized it and recognized it before, but what is their deal with all the open windows in the middle of winter? Like, you know what their deal is. I, I know what their deal is, but at the same time, I'm like, there are so many windows and doors that are just completely open. It's different to have them cracked. I get it. I know it's for the whole sake of the plot of the story. Where where does where does Peter Pan visit Wendy? I know that he comes through the window. Okay. I understand that. But also it's the middle of it's snowing outside. They're putting the children to bed. And it's just... They went to fucking Never Neverland, and you're like, but the window was open, and they would have got cold, but you were okay with Never Neverland. I was okay with Never Neverland, and I stick by it. Would, would the movie have been better if Peter always came and knocked on the front door and said, sorry, you never leave your window <laughs> open in the winter, so I have to use more conventional means? Is that what you would have preferred, Vanessa? No. Okay, like, okay, like, you know why the windows were open. I just, I, I had a thought, um, at the end of the movie, the alternate ending is that everyone died of hypothermia. Jesus and that, fucking Christ, woman. Because of the windows that were just open 
during the middle of winter. And that's why no one questions what's happening. That's why they're all just so happy. It's everyone died of hypothermia. Welcome back to Vanessa Ruins Hook because the windows were <laughs> open in it. What the hell? <laughs> I think you missed the point of this movie, babe. I didn't miss the not, point. Not to mansplain, but <laughs> I don't think the windows and the hypothermia were, were the main focus of the I film. I know it was just a thought that I had, and it's a thing that I noticed... But I was like, this is, like, why did they set it at Christmas time then? Just have it be in spring and talk about how the windows need to be open. Does it bother you in the in the animated Disney version? It's not open the entire time. It's also not winter. They flew out of the open window and that didn't bother you. It doesn't because it's supposed to. I'm just saying... Moira's been sitting there in, like, a silk robe in a rocking chair, front and center in front of the window, for hours and days. You realize that Captain Hook vandalized her house and took her children away on a flying pirate ship. Yeah, I know. I, I there's a But the window was open, and that was too far. Someone is going to be agreeing with me. I just know it. Someone's going to see my point on this podcast and say... She's probably right. It's not throughout the context of the movie, but there is an ungodly amount of windows open in this movie. I didn't say you're wrong. I'm not disagreeing with you. Like, yeah, if you really think about it, why the hell was the window open? She would have got cold. The question is, why are you really thinking about it? Because I just noticed this time. It just seemed so, like, so many windows were open all the time. Everywhere, even even at their dinner, and at the hospital, there were windows with billowy curtains for effect. And I know it was for effect, but also that's not how windows work in hospitals. You have like mental patients and things like that. You don't have windows that could just break open like that. Yeah, but fairies were carrying immortal man-children through sure. the windows. and that's fine. That's fine That's fine, but the window being open when it's cold is not. Yeah. As someone who literally always leaves our back door open when, when, when I don't close it. And that's what I'm saying, because it's too cold to keep it open all the time. Fine, I then like we can keep the door closed. Air. Then we can keep the door closed now. No, I'm saying it, it needs to be a balance. And maybe, maybe we didn't see them close during the cuts. Let me ask I'm, you this. I'm willing to say that. Let me ask you this. Sure. Has Peter Pan ever come through your window and taken you on a magical adventure? He has not. Well, maybe that's because it's closed. It's closed because we don't want people climbing through our windows. I would invite Peter Pan to climb in the window. Hmm. He's just a meth head, babe. Don't invite him through the window. God, man. Captain Hook over here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Mr. Darling killing my fantasies. Jesus Poor Nana. Poor Nana. That's you. That's what you sound like. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Um, how about Julia Roberts as Tinkerbell? Julia Roberts is not someone that uh, I feel like a lot of people really love. She kind of fell off the face of the earth as far as I'm aware. But she uh, was like hot shit in yeah. the like, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. like. That was like a, that was a whole thing. Like she was like everywhere. Oh, she was everywhere. Yeah. And uh, apparently, reportedly, she was very hard to work with in this movie. That doesn't surprise me. But man, she killed it as Tinkerbell. Oh, like, yeah. Fantastic performance. Um, so good that uh, I used to think it was Winona Ryder. And I love Winona Ryder so much. You mm -hmm. know, like, like she's just so like, 
very outside of type, you know, like she's not doing like pretty woman Julia Roberts. Mm -hmm. Um, she's playing like a very, a very charming, whimsical and like also kind of jealous and insecure character. Um, you know, like, and also a very confident character. And I, I just think she showed a lot of range in a pretty complex role. And I think most of the, uh, most of the like, you know, trick photography for her was pretty damn good for 1991, wouldn't you say? Yeah, like especially I think so. they built that whole life-size dollhouse set for her to walk yes. around in for like so a couple good. of shots. Like mm -hmm. that's the level of commitment they Dude, had for this. It's speaking of the level of commitment to sets, like their set design in this is so good. I it's think it's the best so, ever. It's so immersive. It's like like I, I want to go there. I want to be in that set. Mm -hmm. I, I just want to hang out in the pirate town. Mm -hmm. Like, it just looks cool. That That's what I, like, when I when I think of Pirates of the Caribbean, like, um, or Pirates of the Caribbean, like, the ride, mm -hmm. that's what I want. Oh, yeah. Like, a life, like a, I don't know, like a hotel themed like that. That's what I expect. Yeah. Re reportedly, like, jaded Hollywood, this is just work people, mm -hmm. were, like, going out of their way to come visit the set during shooting just because they were like, I've got to see it. Like, I've got to get eyes on this. You know, like, people yeah. who have seen cool sets every day to the point that they're bored with them. You know, like, we're like, you got to swing by Spielberg's set. you got to see what they're doing for Hook. Yeah. Um, but, which is just so cool, man. So awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I, I wish, like, I wish it was, like, in a museum somewhere. Like, mm -hmm. just the whole set. Yes. I wish there was, like, a warehouse that you could go visit. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they just, like, destroyed it after shooting, which is, like, depressing. Probably. Yeah. I mean, why, why would they save it? Like, right. For yeah. Hook Two, return <laughs> to hookier. return to Neverland. Even Hookier. <laughs> too Hook, too furious. Um, how about Robin Williams? What do you what do you think about Robin Williams in this movie? Um, I I think that like exactly what you were saying. I think that he is the perfect person to walk this balance of like like really angry like mad grumpy yeah. dad who like is just a just a complete asshole mm -hmm. you know like just a, to, to everyone that he interacts with he's a narcissist yeah total narcissist Textbook. Textbook exactly yeah. exactly um but then to also like like just his kind of childlike wonder that he's able to embody mm -hmm. um that I, I truly believe that he's, like, going back to this place of childhood. Like, mm -hmm. of his inner child, you know, be connecting with Peter Pan, it, yeah. who is within him. To the point that he even, like, forgets that he has kids, you know? Yeah. Like, he gets so wrapped up in being Peter Pan. And I think that's kind of, like, the magic of Neverland. That, that, it's it's in the book. Neverland yeah. makes you forget the real world, and the real world makes you forget Neverland. It, exactly. Like, it, even to that point, like, when Jack and... What is her name? Annie? No. Wendy? Nope. Jack and... Molly? Yeah. His daughter? It's not Molly. Oh, God. I don't know her name. Whatever. I'm going to look it up. Um. Angie? <laughs> what the fuck is her name? Uh, I don't know. Why can't uh, I think uh, of it? Uh, Tinkerbell. No, sorry. No. I'm on IMDb. Um, Maggie. 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 Uh, there we yeah, go. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. When Jack and Maggie come back... And they see their mom. They see Moira. Jack goes, I know her. 
and they're like, oh yeah, like it's like they've they even pay pay homage to that as well, like yeah. of that they have forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Peter Pan's got kids, like yeah, stuff like yeah. like it's just it's so cool, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's you know that's that's part of the reason in the book why uh, why Wendy, Michael, and John go back is because they can like barely remember their mother, you yeah. know, like they yeah. barely remember anymore, and they're like, oh shit, this is bad news. We yeah. we got to get out of here. This place isn't as cool as we thought, you know, mm-hmm. like which is, which is awesome. Yeah, uh, and and I do think it's cool too. Like I'm I'm jumping ahead, but like I. I, I like that full circle of, like, Peter Pan has to go back, like, Peter Banning has to go back to that place, mm-hmm. to Neverland, where he forgot to be, to actually remember. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, his, his whole life is blocked from, you know, age 12 and before, mm-hmm. and he has to go back to Neverland to then connect with his actual, like, childhood. Yeah. Like, you know, his infancy, to remember his mother, to remember his dad. It's pretty damn cool. Yeah. Pretty damn cool. Um... Well, I kind of want to change gears from performances, uh-huh. and yet we haven't even mentioned Dustin Hoffman's uh, Captain Hook. Uh, the best Captain Hook ever, goat. ever, the hands goat. down, the goat. Yeah, and like Bob Hoskins is Smee. Oh, perfect. It's just like a per like, and their their riffing together is so good. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they're not riffing, but, like, their exchanges back and oh, forth dude. of, like, Smee not understanding things. I've had an apostrophe. Yep. You mean an epiphany. It's like electricity's <laughs> going through my brain. That must be painful. Like, it's just <laughs> yep. this, like, back and forth or... Uh, yeah. Don't try to stop me this time, Smee. Smee, don't try to stop me. Smee. Smee, try to stop me. Like, yeah, yeah, and he's like... weird dynamic Yeah, and then have. he does stop, and he's like, you scared me, Smee, don't ever do that again. And he's like, what are you, a sadist? And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry, Captain. Like, <clears throat> um, it's just so... Like, their their camaraderie is so good. Yeah. I love it. I believe it. Like, uh, they just did such a good job. Mr. Smee, the character, is just such a great sidekick. Has always been one of my favorite sidekicks. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um... Why don't we get into some critiques, uh, Windows notwithstanding? Because um, for me, this was like, this is a movie that's so emotionally powerful for mm-hmm. me that it's just hard to see anything wrong with it. You sure. know, like that, uh, like I always heard that uh, Steven Spielberg was actually disappointed with how it turned out. And mm-hmm. I was always like, fucking why? It's a yeah. masterpiece. Like it, It's got like a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like it just, it, it is not critically seen as well like a good movie right which they're wrong to this day i don't understand that i don't either but now on what like maybe my 45th watch i i can see some i can see some notes you know like uh do you have any other than windows uh you you go for it first I, i i took a long time talking about windows um there's a few things like the big obvious one is is Maggie's really out of place and shitty song. Oh my god, I hate Maggie's song. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's so. And just like, why is it in the movie? She's she's not like, um, it's not a musical. Yeah. Also, who gave her like a balcony like that? Like so cinema cinema like, you know. Yeah, and she's, <laughs> it's, it's incredibly cinematic. She's also clutching on to that post like she's gonna fall to her death mm-hmm. if she lets go. Like she like doesn't move an inch from it. Like, like she's like, a Victorian widow yeah. waiting for her <laughs> husband to come in from the sea. Um, yeah, man. So I, I think 
you know, watching it back, this is a two and a half hour family movie, which is a lot. It, it is a long time. I think that there's, I, I get why they did it. Um, kind of like I get why the windows were open, but but it's a problem. You know, um, basically the whole arc with, uh, with 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 Hook and the kids and Smee mm -hmm. of Hook trying to like corrupt them and make them love him instead of Peter Pan. It's not that it's bad, because it's not. Mm -hmm. It's very clear to me that it's there because they were like, oh shit, we have to have uh, we have to have something for them to do while Peter Banning becomes Peter Pan again. Yeah. You know, like that's what's really important. But like. That whole thing had very little payoff, you know, like, and, uh, the, like, just like, there was like a brief moment of, this is my home. How dare you convince my son this is his home? Mm -hmm. And then, like, shortly after, the kid's like, never mind, I remember, you're my dad, and I want to go back home to my mom. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I just, on this watch, it kind of struck, like, even like, you know, when they, when they get to the baseball game, by that point, I'm like, oh, that's right. Jack really likes baseball and Peter's mm. not involved in that part of his life. That yeah. feels like a lifetime ago by the time we're really like resolving that. Mm. Um, I, it, it's not that it was bad. It's that like, I'm like, ah, I could kind of see the strings in that. But, you know, I was like, you, you kind of wrote this so they could have something to do when they really sure, didn't sure. really like, it wasn't about that. It was about like, Peter's going to rescue his kids and, and, mm -hmm. and experience change and go home. You know, yeah. like, we, it wasn't as necessary. I, I agree. I think parts of it could have been cut. I, I, do, I do like the idea that, like, Hook is so bored yeah. with all of the things that he's done. Like, for, for me, it's not, it's not as much about the kids. It's more about, like, Hook finding something exciting again. Yeah, yeah. And, like, while he's waiting for Peter... To like actually have his payoff. Yeah. It's it like he he has no will to live. You know, like even in that time that he's like, he's like, Smee, I'm committing suicide. Like, yep. you know, that's in they have this whole conversation after that he's like, he was like, Why did you let me almost do that? And he's like, Oh, sorry, Captain. How do you feel? And he was like, Terrible. I want to die. Like it didn't change anything for him. He just makes these like outlandish histrionic displays of emotion and then nothing changes because yeah. just like you know like he doesn't grow any older he he's also a curse uh you know the neverland thing is also mm -hmm. cursed him as well that like he's stuck at his same development same stage of life mm -hmm. so are the pirates like they they just remain the same and so anything that changes in his life is kind of exciting yeah and so i think for him I, I like that part, but I do agree. It's a little long. I think that they could have spent a little less time with it. Yeah. But I, but I like that they're doing something that also, like, reminds Peter to... Because, like, there's a point that he forgets that he even has kids. Yeah. You know? And then he, like, goes back and he's like, wait, okay. I, I think, to me, it shows that, like, emotional resonance of him remembering who he is and mm -hmm. integrating both of those sides of himself. That he could be, like... Peter Pan, the boy, the child, and Peter Banning, the dad. Oh, most definitely. And, like, again, I didn't say it was, like, purposeless or horrible. Mm -hmm. It just seemed a little, uh, oh, fuck, we gotta, we gotta remind the audience that these people exist. Sure, so, sure, some, sure. Some of the time. You know, like, the whole, like, um, it, I'm like, yeah, 
why the fuck did Peter give him his pocket watch? Like what? It, like he never like made a big deal out of time. And that's not like a Peter Pan thing. And there's no reason why like before he went to the dinner, he'd be like, "You're in charge now, Jack. You're the man of the family. Here's my watch." Like mm-hmm. it's like, dude, this kid has been pissing you off like nobody's business. Maybe it's a guilt gift, but then you're like, oh. Well, he gave him that so he could smash it later. Yeah. That, that That's why it was given to him. When it's also like, it, you know, it, it would be more more appropriate, I think, to, or like more resonant if, like I, I get it's, and he even says like, you're never on time, so I give me a watch, you know, like, mm-hmm. but he, it's it's like his hand-me-down thing. Like, I, I, I agree. It's definitely like shoehorned in there. And I think that they could have made it make more sense. It would have felt a little less shoehorned in if we had seen... Peter like checking that watch like using that watch it being a thing for him that being maybe like even just like a throwaway line or something Mm -hmm, rather mm -hmm. than it like I don't know being just hey here we're having this connecting moment all right bye (laughs) yeah especially like and there was just so much content packed into it I get it but it was also like you couldn't have had him uh you couldn't have had him pull out his pocket watch at the office and go, "Oh shit, I'm late." You know, That's like what I or mean. yeah. You know, on on the on the airplane, uh, oh, did you pack my father's watch or uh-huh, you know, like uh-huh. what? It's the only thing I have to remember him by. Don't put it in the checked bags. I yeah. want it in my pocket. You know, like yeah, yeah. It's on the kangaroo. The kangaroo by the nightstand. I specifically <laughs> asked you. Did you get it? <laughs> and the kangaroo too. Yeah. Hook's dead, baby. Hook's dead. Hook's dead. <laughs> Sorry, baby, I had to crash that pirate ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's Toodles? Toodles dead, baby. God, Toodles dead. Toodles lives. Long live Toodles. Long live Toodles. Um, what you got? Any other critiques? Because I, I like. There's a million things to gush about Hook. Like, there's just a million reasons why I love it. Um, I don't necessarily have any like. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other critiques that I have specifically. Um. No, I, I, I did really like the, another thing that I like, um, if you're okay switching back yeah. gears a little bit, I, I really, really like the speech that Moira gives Peter when she's trying to be like, oh, after she throws yes. the phone out, like what really stuck with me this time was like, you're not being careful and you're missing it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think uh, not to get too heavy, um, but you know, like I work with a lot of family members, um, in therapy and things like that and and that's sometimes what I like that resonates so much with the things that I think about and like how people treat their I work with adults but so many of them present as children because of where they are in life and their stage of life and things like that that I'm like man I wish someone had said that to you or as I hear their stories that this is what resonates me with me that someone was not careful and they missed it yeah you know yeah you're not being careful, man. Haunting words. Yeah. Dude, Mo- Moira's a great character. She, she really she, is. She's not as, like, flashy as a lot of the other characters, but, mm-hmm. man, she is just a well-performed, well-written character that, like, very much grounds the movie in reality. Yes. You know, like, very much provides, like, uh, the emotional content and the emotional, like, again, checks checks Peter Banning like Wendy does. Yeah. Um. And just, like, essentially, like, you, you know, you get the vibe that this has been going on for a really long time. And she really thought maybe if he went to London with them, he'd behave differently. And then he doesn't. And you just see the, like, 
I'm about five seconds away from saying fuck this shit to you. You know, mm-hmm. like like mm-hmm. just, dude, you got to get your shit together or like your family's going to move on without you is kind of the vibe. Yeah. You know, like we don't, no one here gives a shit who you are at work. Here, you're dad and husband and you're really bad at both of those things. You know, like that's pretty big fucking wake up call for him. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, yeah, man. I don't know. I love this movie. Uh, we haven't we haven't talked about the character Rufio yet. Uh, legend. Oh, legend. Oh my god, yeah. so cool. Dante Basco, so good. He seems like a cool guy. Whenever I read interviews from him, yeah, like yeah. he's very. He just seems awesome. Uh, that that's something I love about this movie. Um, there's been a lot of like of the the children who acted in it that mm-hmm. did like. Uh, that did AMAs on Reddit or have given like, you know, pretty extensive interviews on the experience. Cause Mm -hmm. none of them really went on to be like big famous actors, you know? Um, Uh, he did. Dante Basco did. What does he do? He's done like, I mean, he's been in like so many things. He's done a ton of voice acting. Well, damn, I feel like a Mark now. Oh no, you're, you're okay. Uh, it, it may not be like, you don't, He's an avatar, um, he's, uh, you know, like things, things that you might not watch necessarily, but he's been in a lot of stuff. I'm looking him up right now. Oh, he was in fucking, but I'm a cheerleader. We just watched that the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize he was in that. Yeah. I, I guess it's without the, without the triple red mohawk. <laughs> yeah, it's just without his re- skunk hair. Okay, no, okay. Peter so he, says. he went on to be pretty successful. Yeah, Had a yeah. very prolific career from mm-hmm. a recursory glance at his IMDb. Holy shit. Yeah, no, he's been in like so many things. That dude got work. Mm-hmm. Um, good for him, man. I, I love him as Rufio, but, yeah. uh, my original point is there's, he's in Community. He's a uh, he's he's the bully's friend. One of one of the one of the people who who bullies uh Jeff and I I'm assuming the the Christmas episode. Oh yeah. No fucking way. Yeah. Hold up. Hold up. Googling Dante Basco community uh Oh my gosh, that that works even better in so many ways. Holy shit. Oh my gosh, he's in the fight. That's Rufio. He's yeah, in the fight on yeah, the yeah. on the season one Christmas uh-huh. episode. Yeah. Holy shit, I never noticed that it's him. Um, that's really cool. Um, anyways, my main point is there's not like a dark side of this movie. Um, like the darkest thing I've heard from it is like Julia Roberts was kind of a princess. You know, oh, like yeah. and yeah, yeah. even the kids are like, well, we didn't really interact with Dustin Hoffman much because... He was drinking for his role, like not because mm-hmm. he's an alcoholic, but because he thought he'd be a better Captain Hook with a few drinks in him. Um, and uh, they were like, so he didn't think it was really appropriate to hang around the kids while he was drinking, mm-hmm. which is just professionalism. You know, like I just I don't hear any like horrendous things that happened on the set of Hook. Like yeah. it seems like everyone had a pretty good time making it from from the way the kids in the movie talk about it as adults, which mm-hmm. is. I don't know. It's just encouraging to see stuff like that. It's kind of rare, unfortunately. It shouldn't be, but it is. Um, I don't know. Any stones unturned about Hook? Um, I mean, the fun fact that the couple, um, as Peter is being taken to Neverland, the couple that is kissing on the bridge is uh, 
George Lucas George and Carrie Lucas Fisher. And Carrie yeah. Fisher. And then we got Glenn Close gets put in the boo box. Yeah, in you the know, boo like, box. This movie just has so many cool little like Easter eggs and, and little nods like that. Yeah. Um, I was just looking too. Carrie Fisher apparently is uncredited, but did a lot of the rewrites of the script, like some of the final rewrites of the script. Ah, huh, that's pretty she cool. She's credited for uh, Tinkerbell's line about like between, you know, here and remembering mm. that's where I'll always love you. Oh, Carrie Fisher would have been a great Tinkerbell. Yeah. That's a great line, too. I also just saw, too, that David Bowie uh, turned down the role of Hook. Can you imagine if we'd have uh, David Bowie as... God, it would have... It would have just been his labyrinth character. It would have been such a <laughs> different movie. It would have just movie. been his labyrinth I, honestly, character. Honestly, I don't think that it would have been like. I mean, it just would have been so different, you know. Like I, I think Dustin he, Hoffman is just so perfect. Yeah, I, I think David Bowie would have crushed it, but there was just something so right about Dustin Hoffman's performance, mm-hmm. and it's like, especially because you would never look at like you'd never like watch The Graduate and be like oh there's your Captain Hook right there you know like yeah. that's it's just not his typical stuff and i think it it really showed his range that like i i had this experience and most people have had this experience where they're like hey you know like hook is Dustin Hoffman right mm-hmm. you know like you mm-hmm. just i still i don't look at it and see Dustin Hoffman like, I know what Dustin Hoffman looks like, and I don't see him when I look at that Captain Hook performance. Yeah. I'm like, I just, it just doesn't seem like him at all. You look like you've got a thought. Uh, no, I was, I was looking at some, like, the, um, uh, Julia Roberts, apparently, like, it wasn't just because she was difficult. Like, her wedding to Kiefer Sutherland got called off during production, and so she, like, left California to go like recoup and like she was going through some stuff she was in a hard spot she was avoiding the press hiding out in ireland Um, Uh, she can be a little difficult on her movies if that's what was going on yeah yeah that's not an unforgivable yeah steven spielberg apparently threatened to fire her if she didn't return to set and she did but i yeah when your wedding is unexpectedly called off i think it's understandable that you would need some time yeah, you've probably got bigger things on your mind than your role as Tinkerbell. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like I, I, I uh, I've got compassion for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd imagine that if I was trying to get the movie made, I may not be so forgiving, but I can, see, you know, like that's that's okay. Very fair to Julia Roberts. Uh, she could have done a lot worse than be a little bit difficult for for all the things that mm-hmm. she was dealing with. All right, all right, I can let that go. I mean, I never like personally held it against her i don't know why i'm saying i can let it go but yeah um why are you showing me something to read instead of telling me i I was just i I thought it was cool so dustin hoffman apparently like had an aha moment with bob hoskins about their characters being gay that they and so they kind of played them as if they were like old queens like just hanging out together oh Um, love it but then like toned it down a little bit since it's a kid's movie but essentially we're like Nah, we're just, you know, like, devoted to each other. That's why they're, like, their inner play is so, like, familiar. They did have old married couple (laughs) energy, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And kids need to see old gay men. Yeah, absolutely. That's not not something kids can't see. Come on. Come on, 1991. Right? Come on, Spielberg in 91. Yeah. Um, yeah. No one, no, like, like, come on. It's, it's, it's fun. Um, you know what? We're 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 mining for trivia. I feel like I don't know. We're kind of winding down. Yeah, I I definitely think so. Yeah. 
Uh, is there any... There's just so much... Like, not even just my... Like, I feel like I'm discovering more things, and I think oh, it's always. really interesting, so... But you can also just look at, you know, trivia yourself, yeah, listener. Yeah, I'm kind of like... I don't know. I feel like if you really let me go, I could talk for, like, three more hours about Hook, and yet, yep. at this moment in time, there's there's nothing else really coming to me, and it's not just because I'm like, all right, let's wrap it up. You know, like, I'm um, like, uh, I don't really feel like I off the cuff have that much more to say uh just a comment about the boys treehouse like the lost boys hideout Mm -hmm. is like a 90s kids dream like skateboarding you know like a roller coaster in there food fight that food oh my gosh like i have i still have like dreams about the food fight scene Mm -hmm. you know like of just how perfectly colored everything was like how well those splatters oh. were like it just it's the perfect like imaginary like it, that's what you imagine when you think of like colorful food fight food yes it's it's literally and it makes so much sense because it is imaginary but they I, did such a good job of like the exact thing that kids would think of to be like and here i'm scooping out you yeah. know like they don't even have names for it it's just like i'll take some of the blue green stuff yep. um Oh, well, and like, that's, first of all, I could never look at Trix yogurt without pretending I was in Neverland yes. after that. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the context of that scene is really lost because um, in the book, um, yeah. Peter's favorite game is dinner. Mm. Um, Peter Peter liked to play dinner. That's how much he was immersed mm-hmm. in, in fantasy and in make-believe that he could pretend to eat and actually get full. Yeah. And like the Lost Boys hated it when Peter wanted to play dinner because mm-hmm. they couldn't actually get full from it. But yeah. Peter was like so immersed that like the pretend food was real to him. Uh-huh. And he would get mad if any of them like, asked, actually asked ate for food. real food. Yeah. or ate. So like that was such a cool way to wake up Peter Pan. Yeah. You know, they like, were like, with, all right, we did everything and this is your favorite. Like, yeah. They, yeah. they gave him his favorite game. Not like knowing that he doesn't remember it's his yeah. favorite game. Yeah. Um, and that how fucking great were those insults that him and Rufio oh my were, were throwing at each other. Yeah. Chewed, lewd, crude bag of pre-chewed food, dude. Or yes. lewd, crude bag of pre-chewed food, dude. That's so good. Or just wonderful yeah. things like you are a fart factory <laughs> yeah nearsighted gynecologist so good yeah. so good uh and you can like see like they just let robin williams riff it yeah like he like pauses to think uh-huh. you know like uh-huh. it's so fucking it's, good it's so good nearsighted gynecologist <laughs> just like throws it away yeah and then like i always i always forget that it's in the movie because you wouldn't expect it in a family movie um, but like the music's already playing, but right before he he flicks the spoon at Rufio, he goes, "Hey Rufio, go suck a dead dog's dong." Like, it's so fucking yeah. like what? <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Suck a dead animal's dick. What an awesome mean thing to is say it, to is, someone. Is that what he says? He says, "Go suck a dead dog's dong." Huh. The music's playing, everyone's yelling. Yeah. You can't really hear it, but he absolutely says it. Yeah. I, I believe you. I was going to Google go suck a dead dog's dong, uh, but don't, I decided don't I didn't want to Google it. Don't mess it. with that algorithm. I, I'm, no, I'm going to trust that. I, I I mean, I noticed it tonight. I was yeah, listening yeah, yeah, for yeah. it. Um, unless he's a really big uh, a really big uh, 16 Candles fan and said go suck off Long Duck Dong, <laughs> um, which, you know, Long Duck Dong doesn't have any trouble getting sucked off. That no, dude gets play. He does get play. Um, all right, you want to wrap it up? 
Yeah, I think so. You go to gimmicks? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Uh, our gimmick for the week is, what is your favorite reason to grow up? That mm. was that was given to us in this movie, Vanessa. What's your favorite reason uh, that you, you should first. move on? You go first. Um, you know, I think it's it's a it's it's simply loving other people. Mm. Um, it's that when part of growing up is your your ability to get outside your own isolated world, connect with other people, have empathy, take their perspectives, and therefore be able to give and receive love. You know, like yeah. that's. That's for me the biggest pro of growing up and the biggest incentive to not be a man child is mm-hmm. like, hey, there's a fuller, richer, more connected life out there for you if you can just stop worrying about what you want all the fucking time. You know, yeah. like if you can if you can stop caring about only yourself, mm-hmm. um, which again, I'm I'm all for caring about yourself, but caring about only yourself yes, yeah. is a very isolating and painful experience. And when we grow up, we're able to love others and, you know, to truly receive love from others, to, to yeah. connect relationally. And, uh, you know, and, the, and those are Peter's happy thoughts, you know, like mm-hmm. his original reason to grow up was that he loved Moira um, and he realized that he had to leave Neverland behind if he was if he was ever going to, if he was ever going to express that love. And, um, it was a really quick, easy decision for him. Um, and that's his reason to go back to the real world after he like discovers the power of flight and tricks yogurt and fighting pirates. Yeah. He's like, Oh my God, my kids, Mm -hmm. that's my new happy thought. I'm, I'm a parent. I love my daddy. (laughs) I love my children. You know, Mm -hmm. like that's, uh, those of the, those are the kind of things that convince me that like, Hey, Growing up isn't selling out, you know, like that's the false dilemma is that you either be a lost boy forever or you join Captain Hook's army. Mm. And it's like, no, you could say, fuck both of those things. I'm going to go be like a loving, kind and cool adult, you know, like that's those are the kind of things that convinced me like, hey, you can leave your like boyishness behind, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's it's okay. You're not like killing part of yourself you're not Mm -hmm. you're not uh you're not joining corporate america just by maturing you know like you can you can mature without putting on a tie and a suit you Mm -hmm. know like that's not that's not what that means is you know like what that taught me yeah i i similarly um my reason to like my my what is it the best reason to grow up would be to integrate the things that I love from my childhood mm-hmm. and the things that I want to be like the person that I am now. Uh, and, and even for like Peter, I think that that is his arc mm-hmm. is, is what, what we were talking about earlier that like he had blocked himself off from everything before and was living only for his like future for the current time, you know, just to get ahead for mm-hmm. the next deal, all of those things. And he goes back to Neverland. He loses touch with that side of himself and re re gets in touch with like his childhood and by that he finds himself and integrates both of those things and goes home to become the person that he is like proud of mm-hmm. that Peter Pan would want to be yeah. and would be proud to grow up to be. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I think like for me when I think of that it's it's similarly to what you're talking about. It's the connecting with other people, it's holding space for myself and it's like being being the person that my inner child both wanted to be and had no idea that I could be, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's, 
I'm living my childhood's wildest dreams. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know to dream right now Mm -hmm. and still becoming. How beautiful is that? Yeah. How beautiful is that? I think, uh, I think the kid version of myself would look at our life together and be like, Hey, we're doing pretty good. I think so too. I really do. Yeah. Pretty dope. He'd be impressed with the wrestling toy collection in this room we're sitting into. You would be so impressed. But I think he'd be more impressed with, uh, with, you know, the wife. Yeah. My, my childhood self would be very, is very impressed by how far I've gotten on Zelda currently, um, on Super Nintendo, uh, because she never, she never would have gotten there by herself. But, um, also, yeah, you know, my marriage and things like that are pretty great too. So, well, that's, what's cool about like being an adult is like, I can tell my inner child, like, Hey man, like take a shower cause it's good to shower. Yeah. Go to work cause it's good to go to work. And then play Nintendo 64 as much as you fucking want. You mm-hmm. know, like, mm-hmm. you don't have to stop. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, I, yes, look, exactly. look what I've given to you. Yeah. You know, like, look at look at the world I've made for you to exist in. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And and I think, like, it, again, it's like the, the reason to grow up is so that, like, you don't lose sight of being playful and things like that. I think there's so much pressure on adults to, like, be adults and to, like, perform living sometimes mm-hmm. that, like we're still meant to play we we yeah. need play yeah it, it evolves and it looks differently but sometimes it's like so healing to do things that we love to do as kids you know like riding a bike yeah. swimming you know playing a video game that you like to play like yeah. integrating that and really treating that to yourself because we still like some of those same things even if we don't allow ourselves to like them we Dude. liked them for a reason and there's some really beautiful piece of us that oftentimes will kind of come alive mm-hmm. when we allow ourselves to tap back into the things that we enjoyed. I mean, animals don't stop playing. Yeah. As they get older, they keep playing. You Absolutely. know, like, and like, dude, I remember for play therapy, one of my first homework assignments for my play therapy class was to, um, was to spend an hour playing like you played as a kid. Yes, me too. Um, yeah. Dude, I played with some wrestling toys and it was like kind of awkward at first. I uh-huh. was like, uh, I feel like kind of embarrassed that I'm doing this. Yeah. And then by the end of it, I was like, I felt something. Yeah. Like I, something powerful just happened within me. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I totally connected to like how I would use play to like heal myself and yeah. to, and to, to resolve some emotional, some emotional wounds, you know, like absolutely. I, I reenacted uh, Undertaker throwing mankind off the hell in a cell off mm-hmm. on our on our old bed, um, and I used that as the cage. Like I did, I I would use the 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 hideaway bed, the foldout bed yeah. uh, as the cage. I would yeah. go underneath it and 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 be like, they're in the hell in a cell match. Uh-huh. Um, and when I threw mankind off the cell, I was like, I felt something within me, and I was like. I don't know what, but I just threw something internal off that. You know, like yeah. something went with mankind, something within me. Like I felt the a weight of society. I don't know. I, I felt a release. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like absolutely. I was just like that. That really did something pretty cool for me. Like yeah. it, it's awesome. Absolutely. All you listeners out there, play with your toys. Go play with your toys. Yeah. Do, do something for your inner child. Yeah. Let Tap back into that. Wake them up. Absolutely. Dude. And take care of them. Reparent yourself if you need to. If you didn't have a good childhood, 
that's the beautiful thing about being an adult is that you're the one in control now and you can reach back out to your inner child and say, hey, you didn't get that care and now I get to give it to you. And it's a really beautiful thing. I, I can't tell you how much of my time as a therapist is focused on getting in touch with your inner child. Mm-hmm. Um, 100%. It's hard to do. I mean, not do. 100% of the time, but 50-50. It's hard. I would I would say, like, I was going to say, like, 80%, honestly. Yeah, it, like, it probably is for me, too. And you yeah. know what? Anyone listening, your inner child will talk to you if yeah. you just let them. Absolutely. If you find them, imagine what they look like. Figure out, like, where that energy is stored up in your body emotionally. And just imagine them, like, hanging out with you. They'll talk. Just let them know you're paying attention. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, Vanessa, what's your what's your favorite line from Hook? Oh, there's so many good ones. Man. I mean, I, I think it... I think it's the juxtaposition of every time, like, Hook saying, to die is the last adventure for me. Oh, yeah. And then Peter's last lines, you know, like, at the end of the movie, it's, to live would be an awfully big adventure. I think of those lines a lot, both, it's, it's both of them. So, yeah. They, like, help me get more okay with death and more okay with life. Yes. It's so fucking Hell yeah. Cool. Love it. I have, like, literal chills right um, now. I just, yeah. This movie clearly speaks to us on a yeah, very, very yeah. deep level. I mean, as someone yeah. who who has attempted to, to fly away to multiple Neverlands before mm. I realized you can just, you know, bring part of Neverland with you. You yeah, know, like, yeah. in, into reality. You don't have to retreat to it. Um, and that'll make it all more manageable for you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, man. This movie speaks to both of us. Mm -hmm. um, we both we both have lived elaborate lives in our heads because we had trouble with reality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that is, um, that's accurate. My, my favorite line is from Toodles. I just get such fucking chills every time he says it. Um, have to fly. Have to fight. Have to crow. Have to save Maggie. Have to save Jack. Hook is back. Oh, it's so, so good. Fucking... It's when, like, that. that's the point that everything is like, ah, it's shit's real from then on. Dude, I have chills now. I got goosebumps. Yeah. Um, it's a movie. It's a, it's, it's a moment like that where I'm like, that is such a movie ass thing. Yes. Like, no one talks like that ever. <laughs> yeah. And I wish they did. Yeah. Like I, I wish we I wish we <laughs> delivered our, our 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 words with such like just poetry and emphasis and yeah. conviction and gravitas. You know, like it's so yeah. good. Do you think that's why we're both therapists? Because we like doing that and are able to do that in like a professional sense. It certainly doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've had a lot of movie ass moments in therapy. I have too. Yeah, both as a client and a counselor. Same, same. Yeah, that that might be <laughs> that might be pretty true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Vanessa, what what would you uh, what would you rank this? Uh, what would you score this movie? Man, for me, and and this is a I know that it's bias, and there are probably some things Windows not excluding. This is a ten out of ten for me. Ten out of ten. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, 
you know, ju judging it on the scale of a family movie, you know, like comparing it to, you know, not comparing it to Casablanca, um, sure, sure. comparing it to, to Toy Story, you yes. know, like, um, um, I used to have it at 50. I used to. Sure. I bumped it down to 48. Um, just because, like, again, there's flaws. There, there, there's there there's things wrong yeah. with it. Um, yeah, nine out of ten. I can't, I'm torn because part of me feels like maybe it's a 47. I, I really try to separate what I'm sentimental about from, yeah. you know, like an actual ranking, you know. Yeah. But you know what? Fuck it. I'm keeping it at 48. Hell Hook yeah. is a 48. And uh, if you wanted to make it a 50, you could. Oh, you know what? You know what? You know what? Yeah. Just. Nah. Uh, should I? You do whatever feels right in your heart. What does your inner child say? Hook gets a score of bangerang out of 50. Bang a ring! I just bumped it back up to fifty. Hell yeah! I just can't. I just can't do my inner child like that. Yeah, you know absolutely. what? Absolutely. Sometimes, sometimes you got to make an exception for sentimentality. One hundred percent. On a scale of fandy, fandy movies, family movies, <laughs> that it's meant to appeal to adults and children. I'm just gonna say on the record, Hook is as good as it could possibly be. Yeah. It. It. On your scale of does it transcend people who like family movies or don't like family movies, I think could enjoy Hook and should enjoy Hook. And yeah. hopefully if you listen to this, give it a rewatch if you didn't like it on the first time um, and go into it with maybe a more open mind. Well, or just accept the fact that you're wrong and that's fine. See, this is the weirdest thing though. I hear, like, I've, I've watched critic reviews that don't love it. I've never seen one that like hates it. Like, like the worst I've ever seen anyone tear it apart um, is being like, "Man, this is just kind of a millennial thing." Mm. It's 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 a fine movie, but if you weren't a millennial in the '90s, you won't see the magic. That's like the harshest actual mm. criticism I've ever heard from it. I have never, ever once in my whole life met someone who's seen this movie and doesn't think it's like incredibly powerful. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear that's what that's. That's the thing. It's not just because I feel this way about the movie and mm -hmm. you do. And we're like, why do critics not agree with us? I'm like, dude, I talk about this movie all the fucking time with mm -hmm. other people. And I've never, ever met someone who doesn't feel the same way we do. Yeah. Not once in my life. Yeah. Um, Maybe I'm not quite as strongly, but like loves it, like, yeah. li likes it just as much. You I'm know? sure they're out there. Sure. But like, dude, but they're I don't bad know. people, and that's why we're not their friends. So, dude, again, <laughs> Spielberg himself didn't love it. You know, yeah. like uh, I, I just don't get it. I did I just see he he rewatched it after or tried to rewatch it after Robin Williams' death and wasn't able to make it through. Just like it sobbed. Like, if if I knew Robin Williams personally, yeah, I don't think I could rewatch this movie. It would be a long ass time before I mm -hmm. could. Um, yeah. It would be a long ass time. Um, yeah. And this is something I watched to remember a performer who, like, through his work, helped me so much. Yeah. But, like, if I knew him and I shot the movie with him and I oh was, like, grieving a friend, not mm -hmm. an actor, I, I don't know that I could really rewatch it. You know, yeah. like, oh, my God, that would be so hard. Absolutely. Um. All right, cool. 
That's uh that's two perfect scores from Denny and Vanessa. Yeah. Warts and all. Um sometimes windows and all. Sometimes imperfect things are perfect and that's called a paradox, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. And it's actually not even a paradox. It's just an oxymoron. It's just self-contradictory. Um It's we're fine with the dissonance. Fine with it. Um all right, that is Movies for when you are going to send Hook. Yeah. Um, next week, we will hopefully be having another guest episode. Um, well, our first our first guest episode, um, uh, because uh, let's let's hope we've we've learned from our mistakes and uh, and and auda- well, it is it is a bunch of dudes next time, and we know that audacity is sexist. So, so it'll be fine. So I hope audacity doesn't ruin it on purpose mm. as like an apologetic for its sexism ah, yeah yeah um but no yeah, we're gonna audacity be sexist for this one time and then do better nice uh <laughs> next week is uh guest starring friends of the show phil van hoek don denham and dylan derryberry it's movies for when you want a clusterfuck yeah um i just they they're all good friends of mine who are who are usually pretty engaged with the episodes we put Mm -hmm. out and they all love movies and i was just like all of y'all pick a movie you want to do it doesn't have to have a theme just each of you pick it so they have chosen uh phil picked there will be blood Don picked Death to Smoochie because he's tired of it losing polls. Awesome. And uh, Dylan picked The Final Girls. So uh, next week we've got a clusterfuck coming your way. Um, Yeah. I love The Final Girls. The Final Girls is dope. That's such a good movie. Yeah. So hell yeah, doggies. Um, Yeah. Rock on. Rock on to all. Uh, uh, Do we have anything else? Anything else today for the... Oh, I was like, oh, we forgot the gimmick. What's the best movie for when you need to send Hook? Uh, hook. 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 Where's the hook? Hook. Hook. Show us the hook. Well. Bye. Jesus, you gotta hit the catchphrase. Oh, sorry. Team me up for the catchphrase, babe. I'm Vanessa the talent nope you're Denny the talent I'm Vanessa the producer and savior of the show and you are Denny the talent Taylor and this has been movies for when we already told you when shout out to our fallen homies Greg work the legwork Johnson and the we're watching podcast we'll catch you next time Hit that outro noise, Greg. It's late. That might be the best you guys get. (laughs) Foley artist Vanessa. (laughs) 